Ladies and gentlemen, coming up on this episode of Break It Down with Brian H., I have a special guest, the one and only Mr. James McBride, as he talks about his new venture as he looks to become a marketer specialist for professional wrestlers. So wrestlers out there, hold tight. This is the episode you want to be tuned into. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. We have, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this edition of Break It Down with Brian H. I am your host, Brian H. Waters. And today I am joined by a special guest, the one and only Mr. James McBride. James, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, you know, long time coming. Happy to have you on. Yes. Um, I know last yes, time we saw each other, it was the, right to be the Mr. Kofi Mania down at the arena, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We were. It was one of the loudest experiences I had. I had tears in my eyes, legit. <laughs> yeah, you know, we knew that oh, uh, it was a go home SmackDown for WrestleMania 34 or uh, 35. Yeah. So I know somebody probably jumping in my ears. Uh, Wrestle go home show for <laughs> WrestleMania 35. Uh, did you go to that WrestleMania? Yes, I did. I was there. I, I enjoyed the entire weekend in, in Brooklyn and Jersey. Um, I went to the tailgate, the Mania Club. Big shout out to them. I love them. They they raised money for Carter's Cure. Um, we was out there all day. It was it was a great experience, man. Oh man! So I know I imagine that was fun. I didn't get a chance to go to Mania that year, but I was able yeah. to go to the um, the SmackDown that was right here in Baltimore. So yeah. That's always fun. Anytime you get to go to a live show, it's always fun. Uh, yes, sir. But, you know, um, so I want to talk about your new um, your business. You are looking to get into marketing professional wrestlers. You're a fan. What made you want to get into the business on this way? Um, one thing, when you're a lifelong fan like I am, I, was a, I grew up watching uh, WrestleMania. And, and watching different shows take trading and going to Blockbuster and watching the same pay-per-view consistently. Um, and then I, I thought about it on my 29th birthday this Monday. And I'm like, man, I love this business. I love everything about it. Uh, I need to even try to get into it some way, somehow. I'm not a pro wrestler, but I do have a vocation that can actually help out um, other wrestlers. Um, and I think that when I, I did my research on it, actually on my birthday, when I was actually talking to you, I'm like, wrestlers need need marketing. And secondly, they really are marketers because right. how they promote, they got to promote to get butts in seats. And um, they, they need help because now, since it's more of a television production um, with the big industries and organizations, um, they actually look at that. They look at your social media. They look at your brand that you already have. Um, and some wrestlers are not even aware of it. They just think that's based upon athletic ability. But they look at how can you tell a story? How can you uh, stir the pot, engage an audience? How can you find your audience um, and have a, a large level of support? Um, so I think that most wrestlers probably need help with that. Um, how, because for example, um, I was listening to a podcast with Bruce Bridget, um, and he was talking about how they used to recruit wrestlers, and they wanted to see how can you um, sell, how can you win, how can you lose, 
all of those elements. But then now you add the 21st century, um, you put a post. How can you stir the pot? How can you keep a few going? How can you start a few? Uh, your graphic design, um, your brand, uh, what you stand for. Uh, that's all important for a pro wrestler in this day and age. Um, and I think that I can help really the large group of athletes that's across this world with their, their marketing and their branding and their social media management because now it's levels and tiers to this thing. Um, we can talk about calls to action, um, how to range emotion through your tweet, um, how to use the fandom of, of, of your, your support, your influence, and use your fandom to, to spread your cause. Um, we, we look at even at Becky Lynch, and you can uh, tell her story. All her story started was from a Twitter, a Twitter post and saying she was better than the rest of the woman that was there, and she wanted the chance. And you follow that story, and you see her, you know, Twitter fight with people like Rhonda, Charlotte, and calling people out. But that was mm -hmm. engaging the fans, and that that actually raised awareness. Saying this woman is a top tier, she a top dog, she is the man. Um, and I think that most wrestlers at the independent stage need to grasp that. And I can, I'm here to help, so they can grasp that opportunity, take the brass ring before they even get it. Um, so we want to with my team. I have a graphic artist and a couple other communication and marketing specialists that I work with. Uh, we want to help build the brain of the wrestler, build the story of the wrestler. Um, and we want to help them um, also engage with their content, engage with their fans, find their fans and find their audience. Um, I think that's important because right now, and we this is the time to build influence because mm -hmm. now everyone's online due to COVID. Um, this is the time to build your influence. This is time to tell your story this is the time to, to, to pick a stand for what your views is, your values, your ethical views. Um, that's, this is the time. And then it fix your gimmick. Because then if you fix your gimmick, you are, it can most of the time, your gimmick is the extension of yourself. So you, you have the ability to, to create and stir the pot. And I want to help most wrestlers do that. That's awesome, man. Um, when you sit back um, for somebody... So first of all, we got to make sure we announce that, you know, make sure, let it be known, you're a graduate of yes. the great Morgan State University School yes, of Global sir. Journalism. Yes, um, sir. They you are know, day, baby. <laughs> you already. Um, <laughs> when you sit back and you you take a step back, you look into the wrestling business, you see so many things, you see it from the podcast. What do you say to the people out there who say, well, you never booked or produced a wrestling show so how do you know how to market it what, what do you say to those wrestlers who say that um i would say that you would have to give me a chance and i said like i can show you the work um of engaging in a story i'm, I'm from previous clients because actually marketing is still universal um mm -hmm. so you would have the chance to, to really show um that how i can market to you i can market help you market that with your posts, I can show you the graphic designs that I already had. Um, and then I'll actually, the brand consistency and the brand identity, I mean, from previous experience. Um, and I, I'm here to say, hey, I'm helpful, man. Um, I'm a fan. I'm actually passionate about it because um, you can hear it in my voice. I'm passionate about this business, man. This this is something that I, I kind of dreamt about. You know, when you was a kid, you sitting there watching 
at my at my my generational time it was Hulk Hogan. So you watching Hulk, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> but you like, I'm wearing red and let yellow. You, you hear what I'm uh-huh. saying? I'm wearing red and yellow, and I got the shirts and I got the t-shirts. I got the bandana. Uh, and but then I realized this man they marketed so well that mm-hmm. the WWE at the time and WCW marketed so well that oh my gosh why am I wearing this shirt because they created him as larger than life I, I feel like I can help wrestlers to get that larger than life mentality amongst this generation um, because I think that the wrestling business in general is lacking larger than life superstars is some that's breaking through but it's not a whole lot. But if you look through every era of pro wrestling, there were key figures and top dogs. You look at Bruno Sammartino. You look at uh, Rob Blackman. People that long-lasting names that you remember from the 70s, on to 80s, superstar Billy Graham, um, Ernie Ladd, Gorilla Monsoon, the late great Andre the Giant. Those are people, those names lasted, are still, it's timeless mm. names. I feel like I can help you become timeless. Um, okay. If you give me a chance, uh, because the, the fact is, wrestlers have the have the ability to change the world. And and the fact is, and, and I can help you change the world. Uh, and give me a chance, um, and I'm glad Brian got a chance to, to put me on here. Um, we, we can go change the world together. But we, like I said, you have the Hulk Hogan's, the Undertakers, the John Cena's, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. We have to get back to larger than life characters. Larger than life. That's that's the kind of theme I'm I'm reoccurring here. Um, but larger than life is what it is because the the world is is ready. They they want to follow new leaders and, and new superstars that can take this thing to the next level. And we have some of the greatest athletes in the business today. Um, all you need is just a good strategy. To run with and now I'm we, for you. Oh, and when you think okay, back I'm, to I'm you, looking at wrestlers now, um, one thing is we gotta talk about it. You're a black man. I've been yeah. on my soapbox for the past month about the lack of black writers in the WWE. Yeah. I know Brandy Rhodes is the chief branding officer for all elite wrestling, but I still think there's a lack of black wrestling um personalities and personnel backstage so when you you know you coming out with this uh with your business plan how do you appeal to the black wrestler how do you make that black wrestler larger than life we what we have to do we have to find a niche of that that wrestler um Mm -hmm. you have to find that something that can turn heads um and I think that, like, for example, The Rock, we, we all remember The Rock's story. He was a hated guy. People did not like this green athlete, um, <laughs> and they booed him terrible. But when The Rock turned on, on, on them and went to the nation, and mm-hmm. they were saying, die, Rocky, die, he embellished that. But the way the world is set up now, we had to find what's relevant that can make someone say, I hate you, or make someone say, I love you. Uh, so in the black audience, we have to discover characters that is relatable for our time. Um, for example, the New Day. The New Day is not one of those like hip hop jiving guys. You look at Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Big E. Um, they are educated guys. I mean, they mm-hmm. if they are articulate. They they're intelligent. Um, they they have fun. 
Um, you look at those guys and you say, dang, that, that's good representation of us. We don't have to be street thugs and things like that. And you look at MVP and, and Bobby Lashley, um, same thing. They're educated guys wearing suits and they're dominant guys. We have to discover what's relatable for the time. And I believe I can help with that, with character development and brand development, because your brand, your character is your brand. Um, that's what you represent. Um, so even with strategy, with, if with our research, we can definitely find uh, even a gimmick in, in per se that mm -hmm. can be relatable um, for the for this culture. Because, uh, for example, you know, MVP he, he he represents that that lavish culture of of ours. Um, and wearing a suit, you know, VIP lounge, you wearing the gold chain, um, that, that that represents that side that we ain't just no regular nobodies, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, but and the thing is, I, I think that for the black audience, uh, we have to find what's relevant for our culture. I mean, really, right now, we just need to take a stand and say we the best. That's one yeah. thing. We, we <laughs> just I'm, as equal as everyone else. <laughs> I want to talk about some. Talk about some wrestlers. Uh, throw some names out there. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into um, the show. Uh, James is definitely going to stick around as we're going to talk about what's happening in wrestling. But, you know, I, I'm listening to you talking. I'm excited about this venture. Whatever I can do to help, you know, I got you. But one of the questions I have is, what about, so how do you, I'm going to throw a name out there, Keith Lee, you know. So, and the reason I throw his name out there, because we just saw him, um, getting ready for a program with carrying cross and it's it's different because you see a 300 pound black man you personally you automatically think mark henry right yeah but and mark henry has said keith lee brings back big man magic but you don't see it's hard to even see keith lee as a hall of pain type guy so like with him how do you make the crowd love him because we've seen this on NXT. You know, Big E was the NXT champion. Three ain't enough. I need five. We've seen yeah. a lot of players, you know, Finn Balor can say that he liked Broadway better all he wants. The bottom line is the guy didn't get over the way he could have maybe in the main roster. Now, of course, it could have been some other things there, but I guarantee you if the first universal champion would have had a title reign that would have been successful. He wouldn't be in NXT right now. So how do we avoid going Keith from Keith Lee being a guy who was the NXT champion to being another guy on the main roster? Um, they had to invest. If I was a, a writer invest into the life of Keith Lee, you know, we all know he dated me and I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If, if you're a smart fan and if you like me, <laughs> You know his moves, the spirit bomb and the big bang. Uh, you, you hear those moves and you say, oh, my gosh, he is a Dragon Ball Z fan. Dig into mm -hmm. his life and see what and, and see what what is relatable. And that's relatable for fans. You know, there's a lot of wrestling fans like anime. That's just a part of the, the natural the thing because it's a lot of fight scenes and things like that. Dig into his life and make people say, I love this guy. What, what does he value? What does Keith, Keith Lee value? He was limitless. The thing about it, even if you think about this, Brian, they they, they called him limitless. At first, he had a trial with WWE, and he mm -hmm. didn't make it. And they people thought he wasn't. When you don't make it on your trial, that means that it's a possibility they don't think you're the best. You, they right. think you're just going to be some wonder. But the fact that Paula Beck and Shawn Michaels, all of them, they, they found something in him. Um, and he's a top star. And then they put him in the ring with people like Roman Reigns and got him over. 
Um, you need it needs relation. I think that people want more authentic wrestlers. Uh, I think that if you give an authentic view of Keith Lee, uh, what he stands for, if he's he Black Lives Matter, use that. Same thing with like Bianca Belair did when she did the Black History Month outfit. Show mm-hmm. me the authentic person and make me invest and say, look, oh my gosh, this guy, I can respect him because I dealt with the same thing or deal with the same thing. He was a big man. And think about it, he was a, a lineman uh, in football. So, of course, injuries, things he had to overcome. Uh, make us value him as a character and, and, and appreciate his athleticism. Um, because a big man don't fly like that and do all of those moves um, normal. Because if you look back, Ernie Ladd was a big man and he can move a little bit. But this is this is hybrid, a hybrid of a cruiserweight and a and a big heavyweight. He can throw you around and fly around. Um, what make us value him? What's two things you said that I, I want to touch on? Um, one, we heard you know you obviously a podcast consumer like me. We've heard Bruce Pritchard say stuff like, well, you know, he wasn't the the um, Michael Jordan over in those other areas in football and basketball. So I don't care about it when it comes to wrestling. Um, then you also touched on. Um, sure, I just had it. It was something you said about. Um, um, shoot, it was something Bischoff said. I, I forgot it. But nonetheless. <laughs> Is that is that thinking outdated of not, you know, like I said, uh, Bruce Pritchard didn't like when Jim Ross would humanize people because he wanted to focus on the wrestling. Is that type of thinking outdated? And should they go more on, like you said, more in this reality stuff since everybody knows the business is a work. Everybody knows they can simply go on Wikipedia and find out their history. Yeah. I, that's I, I 100% agree because the I, you listened to that last podcast, Bruce Pritchard. He was talking about Diesel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about Diesel and, um, and, and how they humanize Diesel. See, Keith Lee came humanistic. I mean, he has a humanistic approach. Keith mm-hmm. Lee. Um, most of them do now. They don't. I don't see like this this kick butt athlete like like Keith Lee. Keith Lee just athletic and he just has that vibe like I can just do anything. And right. and and really what we had to do is showcase other attributes and then you even go character layer. I think with Karrion Cross they they actually are digging deep now um of his seriousness now because he was smiling. He smiled when he comes to the ring. Um he he's doing a whole lot of stuff. And one thing I, I recognize um Keith Lee and you dig dig that seriousness, then okay, he must he's a fighter, he's a champ. Um, we had to find that that like I said, those those little elements when you put them in the ring of different types of athletes and different types mm-hmm. of characters. That's when that's really when you break in the layers of those those type of people. But I, I feel like you had not humanized, but then show layers also of the characters of, of those people in different situations. Like say for example, me and Yim uh came down try to check on him if he if Karen Cross just beats him up and they beat me and Yim up. He's gonna be an angry big somebody. No matter and what. It, no matter no <laughs> what that that's a different side of Keith Lee we never seen. We never seen him serious where he just destroyed anybody. I was but hoping they went there on uh NXT tonight. I was hoping that when um the uh man Scarlet was out there 
I said, oh, now's the time. Just maybe have him sacrificing or doing whatever he do to me or him. And it would really, like you said, it would trigger something off. The other point I was trying to make that I drew a blank on, Arn Anderson used to always talk about the Big Show. You know, Big Show athletic, always wanted to do the drop kicks, always wanted to do stuff off of the top rope. And he would say, save that for Rey Mysterio. And he even said the same thing, sort of to Randy Orton. Is that is that outdated as well? Should we see more big man? Like, should we see Keith Lee flying around the ring more? Or is that something, you know, if you're, let's say, I know marketing managers don't really touch on the actual in-ring stuff. However, it still can be marketed. So, therefore, is that something you think he should leave, save it for just WrestleMania and big matches? Or should that still be a part of his repertoire? Um, I think that when that that era was going on, because if you look at that's prime as that Undertaker, the Undertaker mm-hmm. from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety six, he was just slow and methodical. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you just boom, you get that move and the, the crowd reaction. But I think the, the in ring action is more fast paced, so mm-hmm. he has to keep up with the in ring pace, and then they have to build that. Like they didn't build that with Keith Lee, they kind of put Keith Lee in a program, got him in there with Lawrence Sullivan. Um, moving around, flying. That's the name we haven't heard of in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't know what's going on with him, but but I remember like Keith Lee was moving with with Law Sullivan, a big man. So I think that the in ring action is more fast paced mm-hmm. than ever before. So you have to like have, and I always I tell my golf over this. We had conversations about this all the time. You need a superstars or action zone type show to build these guys' move sets up. So then when you, you get on national TV, you have those big explosive moves, but you don't have them no more. You just well, they, got, they still got the main program. event. You know, yeah, two they, matches. They, you know, they still have main <laughs> event. Uh, it would be nice, though. I, I I remember when they tried to do Saturday morning slam again. And then, you know, yeah. for us, it was like, oh, man, this is just like back in the day, waking up Dang. eating your cereal on a Saturday morning, watching wrestling. <laughs> But yeah. then it faded away. So, but uh, yeah. you know, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and then we're gonna come back and talk wrestling because I don't know if you've been seeing, but I'm still on my high that we have a brand new women's champion on Monday Night Raw, and that is the boss Sasha Banks. But ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling Realm on YouTube. We just dropped 20 questions from myself, 20 questions from the real Dwayne Allen as we discuss just some of our things that make you connect to us, some of our favorite wrestling memories. Here's a quick preview of my 20 questions. What's up, wrestling fans? My name is The Real Dwayne Allen. This is Brian H. Waters, and we are The Wrestling Realm. And today we bring you a new show. Something smaller, but something new to the Wrestling Realm Network that we call it now, our YouTube channel, network, whatever things may be, man, you name it. Nevertheless, we got a new show. It is called 20 Questions, where myself and Brian H. Worms will go rapid fire and we'll answer 20 different questions about a number of different subjects. But today, today, we figure for those that don't know us, you can get to know the realm just a little bit better than maybe you have before. So today, I have Brian H. Waters. 20 questions, so you the fans can kind of get to know this gentleman right here. Brian H., you ready? I'm ready. Okay, bro. 20 questions. Yep. 20 questions on the clock. First pro wrestling memory. First pro wrestling memory, Hogan versus Warrior, just getting ready, being in the car with my grandfather, and him describing that we get ready to go home and watch wrestling these six. All right. 
first piece of wrestling merchandise. Oh man, that's a good one. Probably WrestleMania. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll go ahead and throw that right on the bottom of your screens. Um, Definitely want you to tune in, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification so you never miss a beat as we bring James back in. Uh, what you said, uh, you cracking a cold wise, Steve wise, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but, um, so I'm drinking a water, <laughs> I, <work tomorrow. laughs> I feel you, I feel you. Um, <laughs> I said it before we went to break, we got a brand new women's champion, Sasha Banks. She won the championship this past Monday on Raw in unprecedented fashion for the women's championship. Um, she beat Oscar, title was on the line, but because Stephanie McMahon basically without saying the title was vacated because she said Oscar didn't win the match at um extreme rules the horror show extreme rules excuse me that if sasha was to win by submission or i mean win by count out or disqualification she would be champion i'm happy i don't hate this at all i know some people wasn't really feeling it i didn't mind it how did you feel about sasha winning the title that way uh, it's a well-deserved win. <laughs> but <laughs> Sasha was really, I mean, if you look at the women's evolution from that 2015-2016, she was really the main event between her and Charlotte. Bailey and, and Becky was kind of on the sideline. She mm-hmm. was really the the first of everything. First Hell in a Cell, first Iron Woman match, first Last Man Standing, all of that. Sasha, I could be wrong with the last man standing, but all of that she did a lot. No, first, she, I believe she was her and Bailey on um, yeah. NXT. Okay, I was just gonna make sure I was right. Unless she Trish had, and Victoria did it, but I believe it was them too. Two, yeah, because I, 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 a lot of first Sasha mm-hmm. should be on the same level, really, as Becky Lynch and and Charlotte. Like you should look the back, look the Sasha. And and look to you know no one else really, but that's that's my take. Sasha had it all. She was she, she had she could be a heel and she could be a face. You put in any role and she can win. And and the thing about it, this is well deserved. This is well deserved. Baby you know, too. the thing is that I hate it was that when you go back and look at the history, you talked about all the championship reigns, and you look at. Charlotte Flair, she probably have over 500 days of being champion. Um, you look at Bailey, Bailey just on this title reign alone has 100 days. Becky Lynch in her last title reign had over 365 days, uh, maybe even 400. But then there's Sasha, who doesn't even have 100 days as a women's champion, and I think that's just totally disrespectful. She was used to, I understand the back and forth with her and Charlotte at that point in time. But then at one point she was basically handed the title over to Alexa Bliss. So I wasn't feeling that at all. I do hope that this championship reign 
continues. I know a lot of people like Oscar, so they probably not gonna like what I have to say. But right now, you know, I WWE isn't using Oscar properly. So of title right, she won the championship before, uh, uh, and she was basically a transitional champion, so that you could get Charlotte in the main event at WrestleMania last year. So, and then she was given the championship here recently which i understand you didn't want to give it to sasha because that wouldn't have made any sense having becky hand that over but she's a transitional champion twice even if she was champion yeah she would put on good matches but sasha and bailey have been carrying the brand they've been carrying the wwe brand as a whole raw smackdown and when they make an appearance on nxt they draw money so i definitely think it was uh just due and i really hope that they hold these championships for a while. I, I know that if there's any two people who can make all the championships important, it would be them because I would see them defending the tag titles, even since doing double duty, defending the tag titles, but then also having their single matches at SummerSlam. Now, you know, I agree with you. I want to bring this up. Naomi, um, last week she was trending and you know, because I talked about it, but I definitely want to know your opinion. She was trending. Her and Booker T sort of had an exchange of words. It was patched out. What was your thoughts when you saw that? Um, I agree that Naomi has been issues. I mean, she won the, the women's title in her hometown. You, you don't get no better than that. At WrestleMania mm-hmm. in 2017. Um then after that, it was she was just kind of a filler. I think she got injured, then they took off a TV, and she had um, other issues and things that are going on. Naomi literally is the last of that divas generation. Her and Natalia is really from that that divas era, but no, they she was still were was like she? top top athletes. Yeah, because if you you look at that 2010, she was at NXT. That last of that that what was going to become that. Um, well, I guess if you in, in if you this. consider the Funkodactyls divas, you know, because by the time yeah. they really broke up or broke away from um, that guy and the other guy, <laughs> it, it was yeah. as if, like, you know, they were kind of already transitioning to the era. But I understand what you're saying as far as they were still – it was still the, ch- the the cries for give divas a chance. So I'll give you that. Chance. Yeah, because they, they have um, actually – Wasted Naomi. If you, you be honest with you, the last couple months, I mean, she she had one of the loudest pops at the Royal Rumble. Um, mm-hmm. you listen to that video, one of the loudest pops when she returned. She needs to be in a, a prime spot. She needs to be up there with the other women, with with Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte. Um, she she needs that spot. But what does like the said, nail mob need to do? The the black wrestling fans that love Naomi because we see them on Twitter. We see them very vocal. You say something bad about Naomi, you're gonna have a flood of DMs. What <laughs> how do you take advantage of that? Is you know, put your marketing hat on. How do you take advantage of that to get Naomi to get the corporate sponsors to understand that's who they need to be putting time and money behind? Um, she needs to come out and just express how she feels. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was she has done it. In the response of the tweet, she's like, "They before this happened, she was off TV for a while, and people mm-hmm. were like, where's Naomi?" And she responded. She said, "You know, make make some noise, get me back on TV. I think we need to continue this." 
And the fact that she's on TV now, um, and they they've given her a prime spot, and they promoting this match with Lacey Evans. I think it's a little bit of a stuff, but it needs to continue. If I was Naomi's uh, marketing manager, I would say respond, be like, look, this is how you this tell how you feel. Becky, mm-hmm. if it worked for Becky Lynch, it could definitely work for Naomi and say, bump it. I've been here this long, and I proved myself, and y'all still won't give me a chance. Call it out. Call a spade a spade. And I think that, and she had, and the fans agree. Fans agree. There's a large audience that's for Naomi, and that people, you know, misuse. But see, I don't know the creative juices that that flows at, at Titan Tower. Um, mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, maybe she she's just good for the spot. And and I know what Booker T said that everyone earns their spot and things like that. <laughs> I, I hear you because he, you know, he went through those stripes in the 80s and 90s where you basically had to earn your spot and you'd be almost 35 years old getting it. Um, mm-hmm. But but now we we have a voice to make noise for these for these athletes, and I would say take advantage of it. She should be retweeting, reposting all of those. Naomi uh, needs to needs support. They need they need to she need to repost all of that. If I was her, repost. Tell her that we post everything and and sh- and just share your heart. Listen, another thing, and I know people are scared because they don't lose their job, but say you're the best. It's nothing wrong saying you're the best, and you can. I mean, it up. Joe Flacco said it, and he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> now people he thought he was crazy, <laughs> but um, I, I would bring this up. I I know you. You know, um, I was talking to my good friend. Corey Saunders, shout out to him, uh, wrestling, uh, nephew Corey of the Wrestling Marks of Excellence Radio. And I asked him, did they miss an opportunity selling a championship belt? We saw not too many wrestlers have personalized titles. You look at it in WWE, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Edge, and uh, Daniel Bryan, The Fiend. Now, of course, you have these commemorative titles like, you know, The Rock was supposed to have one. I think it was the Collector Series, but not too many people had them on television. Naomi was the first woman to do that. Did the WWE miss an opportunity right there selling the championship? Yes, they did. They did. From a marketing approach, they should have kept that belt um, going because I think the, the young women would love the belt because it was more appealing for a women's belt anyway. Mm-hmm. They have lights and, and glow and all of that. All of that, that represents Naomi. They didn't miss a big opportunity. I think that some, like I said, someone thinks that this is she's lacking than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, man, they miss a big opportunity because that, that one, would be a marketing bust. One of the things Corey was saying that he felt maybe they felt as expensive it was to produce that title, and they may not have got the return on the investment because perhaps. The collectors would have bought it, but maybe not the casual fan. So that's why maybe, you know, and I, but I even said, even if you didn't do, you know, I'll see if I can, even if you didn't do like one of these, you could have did the toy. I think the toy could have been cheap where it may not have to have a run. It could have just, you know, glowed, glowed in the dark. And I think you would have seen a lot of people go out there. I I would like to, I wonder how her side plates did. Um, Comparably, but that's what I was wondering. You know, did they miss an opportunity? Uh, you know, well, you know uh, what they did, though, Brian. I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you this: 
they didn't really showcase. If you look at those those people with those belts, like John Cena, and John Cena had that that um, spinner had the, um, spinner belt, uh-huh. and two of he them. had the spinner belt. He had two of them. Yes, he did. He went <laughs> everywhere with that belt. Like yeah. if you seen him in an interview, he had that belt on. See, they they never sent Naomi on a media. Uh, uh, media blitz, send her media blitz, and get her interviews with the belt. Like you have to get those those belts in those audiences where it's like, okay, this is mainstream media, and I had to buy my kid this uh, mm-hmm. because it's I've seen it on MTV, I've seen it on VH1 when she's getting interviewed. If 106 and Park was around, she's supposed to come with that belt, and I think they miss opportunity with that, um, and that's why I think they didn't do what do right with it because when well before this pandemic. You supposed to send these people with the media with their belts. That's what that's what you're supposed to do. Like you going good man and Ryan, they got their belts on. So yeah, and they did a good job with Kofi Kingston when he won the championship. Actually, before the championship, you know, he was all over uh, Hot Nine Seven, uh, the Breakfast Club. I think he was on the Breakfast Club, uh, but he, he was, was on. Okay, yeah, he was on so many different shows where it was almost if if he didn't win. It would have might might have been dangerous there because yeah. you just you you felt it like, but maybe they won't give it to us. You know what I mean? Um, but let's move on. Speaking of the WWE Championship, uh, Randy Orton he's challenged Drew McIntyre. Now earlier today, I was actually watching his match with Kofi last year, and I was like, wow, Randy's going to challenge for the championship back to back years. We all know that fiasco. Um, the Daniel Bryan fan caused a fiasco that happened in 2013 when he cashed in his money in the bank. And I was extremely unhappy, but he just challenged Drew McIntyre. I personally wouldn't mind seeing Randy Orton have another championship reign to really Maybe I want to say hit the reset button because I think Drew McIntyre has done a great job. I just feel that it really sucks that he hasn't had the opportunity to do this in front of fans. But how do you feel, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre heading to SummerSlam? Um, I think that's the best. That's the money making feud right now. Randy Orton is uh, almost a twenty year guy. Um, that's that's the most recognizable. Person you can put on the card that's from a different era, um, <laughs> that that has drawn money. Um, I just I do feel bad for Drew McIntyre. He didn't get the chance to um, really have a good good because it's just not a crowd. Like you couldn't see that ground swell when he um, won, you know, at WrestleMania and seeing the people go crazy to really solidify him as a top guy. I think, in my personal opinion, I'd rather see him chase the title um, and at least get to the Royal Rumble and do it over again. And said so really two runs. I, I honestly do. I, I would think okay. that'd be the case. And to build him up because then now that's another one that, that has become humanized. He was the scout psychopath. Mm. He was Big Daddy Drew. If you in the, when he first came back, if you look at the comparison from <laughs> Drew uh, with Dolph, Big Daddy he called himself that, but that's what I, I compared it to. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but he um he his run because you, you humanize and you're making him smile. He's a killer. Keep mm-hmm. him as a killer. That's what make people fall in love with, because he's a killer. Austin was against the system. He wasn't up there smiling. He was. Mm-hmm. He was against the system. He was giving middle fingers. He was beating up the the management. Come on. So you want to make him Drew a heel killer. again, or just keep him as a killer? Keep him as a killer face. I think that fans like that vicious okay. side of those faces because 
think about it with, with Becky. When Becky got aggressive, they kept cheering. They kept mm-hmm. cheering. And she was supposed to be the heel. They turned the back face and kept that same level of aggression. Keep Drew, keep Drew as that brave heart, as you said, as Adam Copeland always said on his podcast. <laughs> He's like brave heart. Keep brave heart. Keep him as that that, that Scottish killer that, that will take you over that claymore. Um, and he up there. That that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, let's move on. Uh, we got the Street Profits taking on Andrade and um, Angel Garza at SummerSlam. Is this over? Is it over for the Street Profits come SummerSlam? Um, I, I I'm, it's a 50-50. I think they see a lot in Andrade and and Angel Garza. I, mm-hmm. I think then from the dirt sheets they're saying that uh, Vince thinks that Angel Garza is like the next Eddie Guerrero. So. I think they built a momentum, but the Street Profits had that an amazing feud and skits with with the Viking Raiders. I mean, you mm-hmm. can kind of keep them in a prime spot. To be honest, if they want to produce um, like tag team wrestling in the main event scene, I would put the Street Profits on the top of the list. But I think that they want them to chase after the titles a little bit mm-hmm. um, because it's really only the, the tech the depth of the tag team division overall is real low. Um, they because Ricochet and, and, and Cedric Alexander hasn't been on the show. They've been on main event, but they haven't been on the show winning matches as a tag team. And then they yeah. keep they just won a match with, with against Hurt Business. But, but you gotta build that tag team division. So I think they want to have a pair of heels that they have people to chase after. But the, they need to kind of build that tag team division at all at really the same time. But I it's a 50-50 chance. I hope the street poppers keep it because they are entertaining. Um you can tell, you can see Paul Heyman is in their ear a little bit. You can still kind of see the influence of Paul Heyman. Um, but, and the Street Pop has been killing it. And and my girl Bianca, I don't want to shit her, but Bianca Belair, they need to do something with her. Now, I'm a fan of Bianca Belair. Yeah, I wish that. she would get involved <laughs> in this. I do, you know, everybody, like, everybody knows her and Montez Ford are married. We saw right, what happened yeah. at WrestleMania. You know, it's not just, they're not just dating, they're married. They're together, Married. bonded by holy matrimony. Put them, yeah. put her in this. Um, what I do see is I see Angel Garza here, and I see Andrade here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, wrestling wise, they both got it, but Angel Garza, his charisma, and then the stuff he does with Charlie, and you can see like her blushing, it's different because you never really had, of course, they in the attitude there, they flirt with the um. The backstage announcers, The Rock was great for it, but you really see something. You're like, wait, are they smitten or what? So I think that's cool, but I I think eventually Garza's just it just seemed like he's gonna break off from this. You know, um, he can be a very sneaky heel, but I also think he has the charisma to be a monster babyface, a white meat babyface, sort of like you said, like that Eddie Guerrero. And I haven't seen anybody like that in a long time. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. They they were looking to reach that um, the the Hispanic audience, that, and and I think that's a good representation because Rey Mysterio is constant. That's always going to be a constant um, with, with mm. Rey Mysterio. But you do got to create new stars, and I think the Angel. He he has it. He just he just has it. Um, he, the the more deeper they go with Angel and, and dig deeper in this character and bring out other attributes, I think he'd be a top star. And because he reminds me of Edgar, I, I said Latino Heat 2.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just more smooth, just more smooth, and he's 
he doesn't say a whole whole lot. He just sit there and smile. So yeah, they 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 going to do something with him, and I think yeah. that because how he brought up from the NXT roster, that's say a whole lot right there. You know, a lot yeah. of people that get brought up now, you know, it ain't the same like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on. Tag team wrestler, sticking with tag team wrestler. Moving on to mm-hmm. AEW. We saw tonight FTR. They signed some contracts, and which they didn't have a mask on. Folks, put on your mask, please. But please do. <laughs> they had they signed some contracts, which they also said they want uh, tag team dedication. Personally, I think it's corny. I know these guys love tag team wrestling. But I was I, I tweeted from the Wrestling Realm, which you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Realm. Matter of fact, let me throw that on your screen for those out there um, watching. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Realm. <sighs> when I saw that, I was like, <sighs> you know, it's it, I get they love tag team wrestling, but like you know, we was talking about podcasts earlier. One of the things to listen to Eric Bischoff he brought up is it's expensive. It's expensive when you think about trying to produce, um, you know, doing media appearances. You got to do two of everything. And it's a lot of times you don't get a return on the investment. Now, that doesn't say the tag team wrestling has never been great. We obviously, I don't go back as far as the NWA days to be able to speak on it as I vividly remember it. But I can say like during the Attitude Era, you had a plethora of tag teams. The how about to call them acolytes protection agents APA, um, Hardy's Edge and Christian, um, Undertaker and uh, Undertaker and Big Show in '99, uh, B- Kane and X Pac, the Hollies, Midian and uh, Viscera. You had all these tag teams, if so much at Russell, uh, SummerSlam '99, you had a tag team turmoil match. And pe- some people may say, Oh, they was makeshift tag teams, some people may say they weren't that good, but. You was interested to see these matches. Now, I'm looking at it, and I said, can AEW really have a very entertaining tag team division? And if so, what would it take for you to be invested? Um, Right now, I think, actually, I'm a big fan of AEW. I had to record NXT, and then I I watch NXT. But I'm a big (laughs) fan of AEW. (laughs) I watch that live. Uh, I think that um, AEW really has the best tag team division in pro wrestling right now. And Mm -hmm. if you look back at that match of Revolution with the Young Bucks and Hangman and Omega, that was the greatest tag team match I've ever seen in my life. I mean, in my 29 years now, I think (laughs) that tag team wrestling, I mean, the way they're they're being produced is like it's an important factor. And I think that, I mean, and it's selling out shows on tag team matches. Who does that? The WWE doesn't even do that. Um, they they base their show because if you look at now, they're doing a women's tag team tournament. The, te- mm-hmm. the show is kind of is bringing back um, tag team wrestling. Now, if you look at the 80s, oh, my gosh, the, the Bumblebees, Heart Foundation, mm-hmm. the Rougeau Brothers. I mean, that was a demolition. You look at the, 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 the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the Legion of Doom. Yeah, yeah you know you better say Road Warriors. People will get on your nerves if you call <laughs> they, were, <laughs> the Road Warriors, yeah, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't you be <laughs> but the Road Warriors, you they was that was tag team wrestling. Like you mm-hmm. you talking about larger than like tag teams. 
I mean, the, the, one of my favorite tag teams, the Hart Foundation. I think AEW has that now. I, okay. I literally think that. So I think that right now, what they need to do is just continue and just embellish the tag team division. Um, I think this was actually separating them from the rest of the the, the competition. I'm gonna um, tell you this. Even, yeah. This is my big issue, and I think it goes to the fact that the Young Bucks aren't the tag team champions. When you oh. think about everything they did leading up to this they were so over on their own not with the wwe behind them not with new japan but they i mean you know obviously all the stuff worked but they were so over why aren't they the tag team champions my biggest issue with AEW has always been they told us that kenny omega um cody can't call him Rhodes, and the Young Bucks were executive VPs. I didn't need to know that information. That's an issue. So because I know that information, what I see them trying to put people over is a way of saying, hey, we don't want people to think we're being Triple H of the 2000s where we got to put ourselves over, or we don't want people to think we're being a Gagne, or we got to put ourselves over. So we're going to put everybody else over. Kenny Omega, a year ago, two years ago, was the hottest free agent in wrestling. He was, um, you know, he was having 20 star matches, according to the BHW scale. I don't recognize that guy in Meltzer, but 20 star matches <laughs> with Okada. And now you know, and you you sitting there like, man, I wish he go to WWE. Imagine what, but maybe they'll mess him up. AEW is doing exactly what people thought WWE would do. He's teaming up with Hangman Page, where he should be a champion. You know, Cody should be champion, and not the TNT champion. And the Young Bucks should be tag team champions. They're on TNT. You imagine if you market the young bucks to the little girls, the teenagers of this generation, they'd be this generation hardy boys easily. And that's where my issue is. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. The thing is, they want to build stars off their name. And I think that like with MJF getting a rub off Cody and they build that long story. And because like Cody's a long-term storyteller, he's like his dad. So he likes to build those long-term stories. Um, I think that they, they, I, I personally, I believe they all should be champions too. Um, Kenny Omega should be really pushed more, but I think he's not a promo guy. Uh, he doesn't do a whole lot on the mic. He just doing a whole lot of work on the, on the ring. Um, but they, they have to, I guess they want to put over talent, give other people a chance because that's what AEW is about giving people a chance. But I, I think eventually, <laughs> but look, yeah, you, come on now, you, 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 you're a marketing guy. You know, eventually, the executives and stuff, you know, the real Dwayne Allen talks about this all the time. The, the executives going to say, look, y'all, come on now. Uh, who are these guys? You know, and they go, if, when they start getting involved, they're going to have issues. And I understand the WWE has had 20 plus years to figure stuff like this out, you know, since, you know, going public and everything. I understand yeah. that. But AEW, they come out there, they're talking about all this stuff. You got Tony Khan. I understand. I love the passion. love how he's passionate about the business. But if this stuff doesn't get going, what are they doing? You know, AEW, I remember when it first 
the announcement came and Jericho was over there. I was telling friends who don't watch wrestling anymore, but watched it on Attitude there. Hey, you might want to check this out because this may be a little bit more edgier because it's not a WWE umbrella. You got Chris Jericho over there. That's a name you recognize. And it was like, okay, cool. You know, but then, eh, you know, and I understand the pandemic happened. We, we look we saw what happened with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was set, but that gimmick couldn't get over because we were supposed to see 40,000 people yelling delete, you know, yeah, and, 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 and he's supposed to be broken. But I'm looking at this like, all right, Cody Rhodes, uh, Cody, <laughs> he's the TNT <laughs> champion. He's wrestling all these indie guys, right, for the title. But in my head, I'm sitting there like, I know they're not going to beat him because they're not signed with the company. He's trying to get over other people, give people a chance. Get over the talent you got already signed. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. I think Cody, um, I, I honestly think that, First, I didn't think that the TNT Championship was going to be like a television type championship. I thought okay. it was going to be second tier, the workhorse title of that brand mm. that you given a good match. And they, right. they're trying to do that. Um, but he's defending it every week. I, one, I personally don't like that. Okay. Two, I agree that the other talent um, needs to get over. You, you got the best friends. And he was given like tag team reference a chance. But I think mm-hmm. you got all those other guys, the Dark Order. Brody Lee and you know you you that needs to you know wrestle a little bit more, but they they kind of protected him and then you had Cole Cabana and and all of those guys that that's like workhorses that were known great wrestlers. Get these guys a chance, and yeah, I mean, that's damn that you know. If you defending a championship every week, it's just we know you're not, we know you're not gonna lose. That's the whole thing about. I'll say this when Cody when Kofi Kingston was champion, every championship defense, we was on pins and needles thinking yes, we were. And, and part of it is because of the WWE's history with race, but we was thinking, man, they probably gonna take the belt off of him. They're gonna take the belt, you know. And it was supposed to feel that way with Daniel Bryan in 2014. He just after he beat Triple H and um beat Triple H, I mean, you know, the the, the yes movement. Yeah, yes, but you yeah. knew like it was, but but then he got one title defense and then he couldn't wrestle anymore. So that's all I'm saying. But you know, um, we saw a debut tonight. We actually saw two former WWE superstars on AEW television. Um, I'll start with the guy formerly known as Zack Ryder, Matt Cordona. How do you feel about that? Woo woo woo, Long Island Matt. Is now on AEW next week in ring debut. He's Cody Rose Boy. I'm excited to see this. How about you? I'm definitely excited. Um, that was the first uh real one of those first wrestlers that kind of got exposed to social media and used his social media to gain influence. Now that's the very first wrestler marketer, Zach Ryder. He had the second championship. You, you, you gotta second- give you gotta give Matt Hardy version one. You know, <laughs> you know, version one. Yeah, that that <laughs> Matt Hardy was doing all that, and it set the precedent. Because remember, social media wasn't where it was at the time. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. That, that definitely wasn't. You know what? Yeah, I'm thinking in my time, my time castle. You right, you definitely <laughs> right. You definitely right on WWE.com. But he was the really that first one that kind of used social media to his advantage. But the WWE did not see nothing in him. They let him win the U.S. title, then mm-hmm. make him a jobber again. Right here and in Baltimore. Years. 
Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. I Were you there? there? I ordered it. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Okay. <laughs> I was sitting in the balcony. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was. I was. It was. Oh, I was nineteen at the time. Oh my gosh, that's a long time ago. But um, I think that he he's he's well deserved for a push, and I think that it looked like he was serious. I've never seen this side of him, so it looked like he's about to shift his character a little bit, become more serious. He deserves. He deserves. He got the look. He got the personality. He can talk. He's a good representation of the company. You can send him anywhere, and he knows how to act. He dress well. I mean, they they can definitely promote him. Just like, and he has his own following. He has his own following. He's a toy collector. You can use mm. that to your advantage. And they they just you know with their new toy collection that you need to promote and advertise. Come on, partner with with Zach Ryder. You get those those people that they are toy collectors. You know, you better call Matt. WWE owns oh. that name, man. <laughs> they oh, own the oh, name Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder, I'm sorry, Matt. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do. I, I I really enjoy. Uh, I, he, like you say, I mean, he looks jacked. He looks ready. Uh, I think we'll get a more serious guy. I just don't like the way he debuted. To me, it didn't really feel that moment. And and also, the announcers. I gotta go back and look at. It. I'm a big audio guy, so I think back to when Ultimate Warrior was running out and Tony Schiavone, and yes, folks, Tony Schiavone was in WWE um, yes, yelling, listen to the fans, you know. Um, uh, them, you know, That's got to be Kane, you know. So I didn't get that, oh, snap feeling. You know what I mean? And, and, and to me, that's where the, a ball was dropped, where if you would have had Cody in a real struggle or even just saying, Hey, fine, I'm bringing on somebody next week and create that anticipation because I do think Matt Cordona is a big enough name. I feel he's a big enough name where you could have created that anticipation and would have made me really enjoy, uh, look forward to his debut or just when he came out, it would have gave everybody a huge pop. So that, kind of um you know that did irritate me i'm not gonna lie to you yeah i, I agree with you um i agree 100 i think that jim ross and and tony a little older they they forgot the pop list they used to do but you know yeah they and needed to get this crowd, it's probably this no, crowd it's, is, it, yeah i was gonna say that that energy you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that there's no energy with the crowd. You know, I, I I play drums at church, and obviously it's a whole different ball game. But I can tell you that it's different playing drums in rehearsal as opposed to when you get there and you're in front of people and you see people standing up. That that energy just hits different. So I can imagine if I'm playing in front of 100, 200 people, and you know how athletes and performers feel. You know, as opposed to just doing this in front of their friends. No, I agree with you 100%. Um, I think that what the problem is with this this pandemic and this, because it brings me back to studio wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that you don't have like real enthusiastic fans. You, you literally got wrestlers that, you know, they they are they are fans. So most of them are fans. They love wrestling all, all their lives. But you you got to have that reaction that, that like, oh my gosh, that's McAdona. That's the former that mm -hmm. that. Like, because when Jake hated the B, because I went to the AEW show when it was in DC, 
mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that, that's 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 Jack Swagger. Like, oh my, oh my gosh, that's that's Jack Swagger. But that, see, that's that natural reaction. But see, when you already seen Macadona in the arena, oh, yeah. you just like, oh, he just he gonna show up. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, see, that's that's the element of surprise. These WWE will hide you until it's your time to, to show up, and, and no I one in they- the arena will know. Yeah, and they did a better job with the the FTR when they came out in the trucks. I thought that was a good, even though in the, in the midst of pandemic, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, we also saw tonight uh, somebody I'm a huge fan of. I get a lot of heat, but I don't care. Uh, former WWE diva. We talked about her tag team partner earlier, the former Funkadactyl. Uh, formerly known as Cameron, now Ariane Andrew. We saw that, like... Before, if you follow her on social media, like I do, you know that she was set to make her in-ring return during WrestleMania weekend, doing one of the shows down there. You know, obviously there was no shows, but, you know, that, like, I guess with so many people that it's to get back in the business, to get back in the ring, she had to scratch it. Nyla Rose partner, another one, I didn't like how they brought her in. I feel that she was a um somebody who's been gone from the wrestling business i think over five years that maybe obviously she wouldn't have got nowhere near a pop before but i think that she it would have been cool to see her have an entrance and then have those fans have that react those that reaction you know how did you feel about this the way her brought her they brought her back um same i'm in a total agreement with you i think that what you had to do it's advertised like they did Rolo. They advertised that he's coming, and then he just popped up out of nowhere. Um, I think that you guys start advertising that these guys are coming to the organization. They keep popping up unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you 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 lose viewers really, and you and you lose excitement. You gain excitement by advertising that hey, Macedonia is coming, and you know, and Arion she's coming. You advertise that. Like they should have been advertising because they just did this tournament. They just announced the tournament last week. So you need to advertise some surprises and say, hey, there's some surprises here, you know. And, and they they forget that. That's one thing the WWE has been doing. If you look back, vignettes has always been key to to, to some superstar success. And they they're not doing that. They're just popping up out of nowhere. And that's it's actually depreciating their value of their their debut. Um, so I think that you got to advertise them efficiently and let them know that they're coming. Like, cause I remember Cody Rhodes like had an interview and he was saying that they might not sign Macedonia and all that trying to serve the people, but you could have teased that he was coming in some way, shape or form. Even if you didn't give us a hint, you could have gave some like a woo, 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 or give us something like this. Is this really going to happen or not? Some type of teaser. And I think that they, that's what they were missing. They missing teasers and vignettes. You have to build these guys and, and, and find that value as former WWE superstars. You're going to get eyes on them. Heck, Arion is on Total total Divas. That's a whole other mm-hmm. audience and market by itself. So and she was she, on another show in USA. Another reality on, show. Any show. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I know she was on that show. But that's a whole other market. So why yep. not use that to your advantage? 
All right, so let's move on. Um, we about to get out of here, but it's a couple things I definitely wanted to talk to you about. Um, Jim Ross said on the broadcast tonight that <laughs> Jake Hager hasn't reached his full potential as a wrestler, and and I put I tweeted a roll in my eyes or oh really, Jeff? One of them things on uh, at Wrestle Realm because what more can he do? I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see, yes, the skill set is there. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of the legit, shoot, tough guys, but I don't see anybody buying into his character. No, I, I don't think. Jake Hager has a limit. They're trying to put a heat. they trying to give him as the heater, the big man in the mm-hmm. inner circle, but I think that's going to be the peak. Now, if they, if they make him like Brock Lesnar, like breaking a limb and breaking ankles, and it kind of you gotta make him a killer. And I'm not, no, I keep saying this over <laughs> and over again. You gotta make these people if they are legit tough guys, embellish uh-huh. their toughness, show that they don't have a smile or a smirk. Like, and then they humanize him. He joking with Chris Jericho. And he should have a straight face. So they did it for a while. They was well, he just didn't say nothing. He just had a straight face. That'll be that killer. But see, the thing is, they, they humanized him a little bit. Then he lost to, to um, John Moxley. And, and Moxley being you know, clean. Like, I was thought it was going to be some type of dirty finish or something where you protect him, but he lost the match. So, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, 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 it got to be better. But I don't see the potential of Jay Hager um, really being this this <laughs> top star. And then it is no, he's not in no Bellator. There's no Bellator right now. And, Come on, they gotta they gotta figure it out, and I think that it's it's gonna take some time. But if you make him a killer, then I say, okay, yeah, he's not serious. You giving him some danger involved, you know? Yeah, and I think Jim Ross is just marking out. That's his boy. That's somebody he went out and signed. Of course, he you know went to Oklahoma. So I, I just list like I said, I, I Jim Ross is one of my favorite uh, commentators in not only professional wrestling but in the history of the craft. I had to do a project at Morgan State and we had to pick our favorite broadcaster. I wrote a report on him because that's how much I respect his craft. But in this opinion right here, I'm just like, really, JR? Come on now. Um, but um, I'm going to do, do a segment called Around the Net. Um, let, me see if this, let me see if this uh, plays. Go ahead and uh, go around the net. We talk about some things that's going on online. Around the Net brought to you by B Waters Productions. If you're looking to get an event filmed or high quality pictures, you want professional quality, simply go on Instagram at Bwaters Productions and visit www.brianhwaters.com to book Bwaters Productions for your event. All right, so around the net, haven't done that in a while, but you know, I was scouring the internet a little bit and I saw some things that kind of got my attention. Uh, one was Cody saying he wanted, and this is obviously I was putting together the show before AEW got to have uh, a lot of uh, pre-production and one of his, he got one of his guys, but he said people he wanted is Rusev Hawkins and Ryder. Um, that being, I, f- I think his name is Milo now. That's formerly artist formerly known as Rusev. Um, yeah. Brian Myers, who was Kurt Hawkins. And we also, we all just talked about Matt Cordona. I look at this and one, Milo has said he's given up professional wrestling to become a full-time gamer. 
And then, you know, Kurt Hawkins is also just in phenomenal shape. How do you feel about these guys coming over to AEW? I believe that um, Kurt Myers, I believe that Myers is actually at Impact now. He signed up with Impact Wrestling. Um, I, I wish he would have went to uh, the AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Miro, Miro has so much potential. That Rusev Day, well, the for, former Rusev, but Rusev Day was so popular that mm-hmm. they, they killed it. Um, he has potential to be a top star, but I'm I'm glad Matt Matt deserves his moment, and I think this is his time. But hopefully they don't mess up creatively, um, <laughs> because it seems like as like you said, Matt Hardy. All of a sudden he's just Matt Hardy because it's no crap. But we we have to uh, get past that, and they gotta get past it and just push him to the moon. Rocket travel, man, as, as Andrew Christian say. <laughs> Rocket travel. But Kurt Myers, I, I wouldn't say Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Myers is <laughs> in Impact Wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just seen a promo with that. And I think Impact, and, and I know that the sideline, but Impact has all those guys right now. He's yeah. there. He's later. The Good Brothers. I'm glad man, you brought that up. Yeah, How you feel about that? Good. And looking at, you know, they've kind of been the laughing stock in professional wrestling for the past few years. However, they've lasted longer than WCW. Um, I believe they're now 15, 16 years or something like that. So they've been around and for some reason they don't go under. How you feel about impact wrestling moving forward? Are you excited? Are you adding this to your rotation on Tuesday nights? It is on a rotation now. Um, I would suggest, again, with my godfather, I was like, these guys going to really, they're going to do something with these guys. But you need a strong number three, as as we all had, the WWE, ECW, and WCW. Mm-hmm. I think that Impact is still in the race right now. Um, and then you have the NWA. But I think Impact is going to do good with them. Um, I think that he Heath Slater, another one, uh, who needs to be pushed to the moon who has charisma who can make you laugh can do all of those things another guy and the, and the good brothers I, I actually hated the fact that they left the wwe felt like they didn't get that just due. i felt like they wasted them terribly um i'm glad that they did eat on the high note with the boneyard match but uh they they were literally the bullet club that at the peak of that you could have mm-hmm. bought that in america and crushed you could have literally did an NWO type angle and literally say, "Hey man, just take over the whole business." Put them mm-hmm. battle with them. They could have took over the whole Raw and SmackDown and just had a crushing. Just they crushed everybody. But I don't know the creative juices that were flowing there. I mean, it's, sad, it's a sad case because they they made all that money and then get let go after you had a, a memorable experience being a part of Undertaker's last match. That's say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And they they need to do a lot. Out they have a good set of guys there, Reno Scum and and all them Eddie Edwards, and it, it's gonna be a good show. Impact is, is is a sleeper. It's a sleeper right now, but they are gonna have a good show. I think so. Especially Moose. Moose is some is a bad somebody. They people sleep on Moose. Moose is one of is one of the best athletes out there right now. I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm I, 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 look. Now, <laughs> I guess the, we had to get an hour in before we have a disagreement. Um, ah. <laughs> I don't see it. 
Yeah, he's you know a former football player, but he he don't do it for me. You know this whole thing with the TNA championship, and I know uh, EC. I think no, it wasn't EC three. Um, shoot, who was it? I told him you know pretty much like, come on now, you're not the champion. It it it, it don't do it for me. Uh, but <laughs> you, <laughs> you have, I agree with everything you were saying. And you just had to throw Moose name in there. Look. I, <laughs> <laughs> he still sucks, man. In ring work, don't do it for me. I don't like his look, the stupid headband. Uh, no, <laughs> it was Moose. I was talking about the old Moose. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Adam Cole was on the Pat McAfee show. We all saw what happened. Adam Cole has since apologized, but we did see Triple H going to show, and he was said he felt like he was talking to, you know, he was being himself as a parent, talking to his kids, and this is what you did wrong, and this is why you made him mad. Um, work or no work? What's your theory on it? I think it's a work. I think okay. that Pac, Pac Malfi want to get in the ring because um, there ain't no way that Adam Cole just go off on you like that, and <laughs> And you know, you 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 don't retaliate back and then say he's not coming to my show, so you're gonna jump out. But no, but that's fighting words to me. You say that's me, I'm on I want a piece of you. So you, <laughs> you, I mean, hey, that I it's a setup. I think he wants to get in the ring and he wanna do it on the big stage. So NXT would be the best show. And Adam Cole doesn't have nothing creatively going on, but then you started this stir and they kept you on TV for it. Because he reminds me of Shawn Michaels. That's something Shawn Michaels would have did back in the day if he was on a show and in that type of attitude. Because um, you can get away with it. You get away with cussing on Twitter because it was on social media and on that type of station. You get away with that. But it wasn't mm-hmm. on WTV. So I think that, man, it's, they, it's, it's, a, it's a battle coming. Because all it is, Shawn, if you don't do it, you, you're a chump. That you just yeah. got scared and all that, you know? Is this below Cole? Should he just not be concerned and get ready for Raw SmackDown? Uh, it, it's good publicity for the WWE. <laughs> they want to. I would think that they will probably use that to that bench, and then he'll go to Raw SmackDown. <laughs> but I okay. hope he goes with the undisputed era. I hope so because I really? think that I, they shouldn't split them up because then Roger Strong will get lost, um, and then you would have to keep uh, what's the guy's name. Kyle Bobby Riley as a tag team because mm-hmm. you didn't they didn't develop them without being in the undisputed era. That's all they know. I think that's one of those factions you keep them together for a little while, a little longer than usual. Um, and then you kind of split them up. Somebody turn on somebody or someone wins the championship and get mad. Um, but I hope they keep them when they go to Raw and SmackDown. Keep them together. Yeah. So they, I was looking at Yeah, I was looking at them. And I thought about it today and I said, you know, so when Roger Strong was in Ring of Honor, I just always didn't feel he had enough charisma. I thought he was just a phenomenal wrestler who could give you 60 minutes in the ring, put on a five-star match, kind of like Davey Richards. But then, you know, giving the microphones, uh, but man, going to NXT, you know, as Daniel Bryan talked about it before, finishing school. And when I see what Roger Strong is, I was like, oh, this guy... I, I I like this, you know. He's he's actually fun to watch. So when I sit there and look at it, I'm like, you know what? M- maybe they wouldn't be so bad. Maybe this could be Triple H esque, 
when Shawn Michaels left, even though Shawn Michaels, you know, left with an injury and Triple H really put together a whole new group, maybe, but I do think it would be best to move them all up. I would like to see them go to SmackDown personally. I mean, you just think about the opportunities there. Adam Cole versus AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan uh, versus uh, Kofi, well, Big E. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's so many cool things. Uh, and um, let's move on. Uh, last thing is they recently released the Bumpy Awards. That's the show that comes on, the Bump. Uh, comes on, I believe, every Wednesday. I tune in here and there, uh, but it's not, like, my go-to show. But I'm going to read some of these awards and see if you have any discrepancies. I'll read them. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but just some of the match ones. All right, so for Tag Team of the Year, the Golden Role Models, that's Sasha and Bailey. For the rivalry, I should say half-year. Rivalry of the half-year. Gar- Gargano and Ciampa, cinematic match of the year, the Boneyard match, Undertaker, AJ Styles, WrestleMania, Undertaker's retirement match, the in-ring match of the year, Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash, at the social media reaction of that half year, was Mandy and Otis moment at WrestleMania, and then last but certainly not least, the half superstar of the year, Drew McIntyre. Do you have any disagreements uh, with any of those? Um, the Mandy moment. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Otis, the person on TV right now. <laughs> but let's get, let's you said what? Here. They're off TV right now. They they have been on TV for a couple weeks. I think they got on coronavirus. I think so too. I hope. But, I, like and is. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I just so. hate the but, way they've been kind of hiding the WWE and yeah. hiding that. So, but sorry, yeah, go ahead. They, oh, yeah, but they had, they, I think that, first of all, I would say Bianca Belair's debut was, this should be in that moment. Um, I, I agree with the majority of those, those, those uh, award recipients. I think that with Drew McIntyre, I, I would say Edge returned. Edge, mm-hmm. Edge should be the superstar of the year. Now, that should be the one, that honestly, because you coming from a neck injury like that, I don't think that, you know, uh, that's possible. In nine years and at his age, that yeah, that should be the superstar of the year. Um, but, you know, I can say a whole lot, say who else should be. But um, everything else I think is good. The Boneyard match, you had to give it to the Undertaker. That was that they had to. That's, that was his last match, we think. We hope. I, honestly, I hope he just see one more match and then just let it go. But that's another story, another time. But the Golden Royal Miles, they deserve it. They deserve mm-hmm. it as well. They deserve it. Um, Edge and Randy Orton, that match, I don't think that they can say they had the greatest match ever. I don't know why they even put that theme on it because that's so hard to live up to. They did give <laughs> you a great it, – it's just hard. Like, I don't – I, yeah, I it just is. don't see it. It is hard. You can't say that. And I just wish that they didn't put that moniker on them. But um, they did have a great match. They had a great match. I think that they, they deserve that. But uh, all of them, I agree. I honestly agree. If I think you. I know you might have a little difference, but I think the <laughs> oldest and Manny will just kick out. <laughs> See, <laughs> I actually out. like that because when I think about that match, and I know it's, you know social reaction of the year, half year. I think about what if fans would have been there. Can you imagine that being at Raymond James Stadium with um, eighty thousand fans? They would have popped for that moment. Um, 
you know, I, at the the in ring match of the year, Edge and Orton was great. I still go with my guys, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. I think that they that match should have been on Backlash, but one, I think Fox probably wanted it because it was for the uh, vacant IC title, and two, they didn't want to uh, show up Edge and Randy Orton. So, but I think that was the match of the year. Everything else, um, yeah, everything else, I pretty much agree with. The the you know Gargano and Champa man those guys can fight forever. I I don't get tired of their rivalry. I would like to see them take it maybe to you know a main roster or maybe have one. You know I understand. I know they're done now, but like I always enjoyed their matches. But yeah, the the match you know WrestleMania definitely missed out on a lot of reactions. You think about that. You think about uh, Team Bad having that stare off. You know, Edge and Orton, just so many match, so many moments during that match where there was opportunities for fans to really just suck it in. But I think, um, you know, I, I just think that in the empty arena for WrestleMania, the uh, superstars did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that that was, they, I wish they would have had the crowd in there. They just would have mm-hmm. followed suit with AEW. But I mean, they did a phenomenal job with the whole thing. The Fire Five Fun House, I think, was just crazy. That was just crazy good. And uh, Kevin Owens and Steph Rollins and all of those guys, man, they they, they did an awesome job with what they're doing. Um, I, I don't know when is the, it's going to be a crowd, but I think we should appreciate the studio wrestling just a little bit, close set wrestling. I, said, I was going to ask you that, though. Fan. Should they yeah. go to full studio wrestling? Like, because you, when you said it, I meant to bring it up earlier, but you was on a roll. Should yeah. they have a, a smaller set as opposed to the performance center being, you know, the way it is, you could tell, like, you could fill in more fans. But should they do mimic a studio style where it's a more intimate setting? But but I guess you still got to practice the social distancing. So that's the hard part, though. But should it be in a smaller venue? I, I do agree with that, hundred percent. I think that 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 performance center um, view is just not a good view. Um, they they because they had the production to do a closed set, where really, it can be really really nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they need to get rid of that that performance center. I, first, I need to get out of Florida. I think there's another problem right there. <laughs> get out of Florida, because um, see, like this about to be a Corona. That's Corona epic center. You know the whole the whole country, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they need a deep goal set. I think if you're a real wrestling fan, you look back at the NWA, you look at Saturday Night, you know, uh, <laughs> Championship Wrestling. Um, that was a studio. And, and I didn't like it when, when the NWA first came. I didn't like it. Really? And, 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 oh, yeah, I, I was a, eh, it looked cheesy, 80 ish. You know, I was like, we passed all this, you know, especially like the graphics. The, it was just super 80s. But I kept watching it. I kept giving it a chance. And the more I watched it, I enjoyed it. But off top, mm, I didn't like it. <laughs> you like, at first they had the music. I was like, they didn't have no theme music and, uh-huh. and everything. Then on the pay-per-views, they, they gave them theme music. But I think that, I think we, it's a fun appreciation to have yeah. those guys give an intimate setting. I, I think it's, it's it should be, that should be uh, key. I think that really, that's how it was in the 90s. Um, you look at the superstars and they was wrestling in high school gyms back in what, 1994, 1995. Um, I would say bring that back. Bring some of that back because then really that's where the hardcore fan base is anyway. 
And that's when you really get the loudest reaction. But I know that they want to get the big arenas. But I, I think probably within the next, if, if this vaccine or whatever this, this happens, they're going to start going to those smaller venues that's mm-hmm. three to 5,000 people. But I think that's a lot of reactions. That's why AEW is actually beating um, the WWE in, in crowd reaction because they go to smaller events and, and smaller venues. And those fans are so loud. Like yeah. the fans made AEW. I think yeah. that's that's why AEW got over so quick because they cheer so loud for those people. Then they mm-hmm. were boo so loud too. I mean, so it, it was just that's why I think those venues it brings that out of people. I mean, but when you're in a big arena, you get tired, people getting <laughs> sleepy and everything like that. But <laughs> And bring yeah. back the, the smaller venues, the intimate venues, because I think fans appreciate it that you put on a good show, you know, yeah. for them in those, in those events. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to close it out. Um, let the people know where they can find you. I'm going to throw your Twitter handle up on the screen. But also, you know, especially for the wrestlers who are looking to get you know, some marketing, you know, now you heard him talk. So, you know, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the wrestling business. He's not just some Mark out here. That's just like, Hmm, maybe I'll try this wrestling thing. No, he's passionate. He understands wrestling. He knows his history. So folks, you know, wrestlers, people who want to get into wrestling, make sure you hit him up um, and treat him fair. You know, wrestlers like to be cheap. Not going to lie. They like to be cheap, but we talking premium services, from an illustrious HBCU. Uh, James, let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram. um, I am James McBride. Of course, my Twitter handle, I James McBride. Um, I'm actually rebranding my website, so my website should be up soon. So that would be uh, jsmcreative.org. And you can find me there. And find me on Facebook, James McBride. Hit me up. DM me. Um, We can talk business. We can set up a Zoom call, and, and we can go forward from there, man. And then we can keep things, and we keep this business going. As as the old older guys say, Undertaker said, we got to pass down the knowledge and keep it going. <laughs> I want to pass down all my knowledge of of, of techniques. And, and I'm in, actually in grad school right now, Brian, for um, emerging media in Loyola. So I'm about to finish that up. So that you talk about some new innovations that's coming that's that we haven't tapped into yet. I yep. think that it's the, the wrestling market is there and honestly brian the best this is the best time for the wrestling business this is you have it's never been a time where it's five different shows that were coming on tv or online um mm-hmm. this is the best time for the industry and i think wrestling people head you're probably gonna be logged this is the time to really pick up that momentum and run with it Y'all already said, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check him out. And if you missed all that, of course, you can get in contact with me and I'll make sure I link you up with him. So, folks, make sure you follow me at Brian H. Waters. Make sure you follow the Wrestling Realm at Wrestling Realm. Of course, like the fan page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search the Wrestling Realm for our fan page on Facebook. Simply go to the wrestling realm, download the show everywhere you get your podcast from. Download it right there as we get revved up. You know, we're looking for this comeback. Uh, my brother Glenn Thomas said 2020's the second half is going to be great. Wait, we yeah. still want to, I'm looking for it, but you know, um, before I go, I want to give, um, you know, recognize 
Uh, we lost a legend here in Baltimore, the um, Super Oriole fan and Ravens fan, Mo Gabba. He, uh, 14-year-old kid, lost his life to cancer. Our prayers and condolences go out to his mom and his family. Um, I had the opportunity to meet him and just uh, a wonderful kid, just somebody who was just, you know, he, he lost his eyesight at one years old. And he would call into the radio stations and just uh, talk about baseball. And they said, you know, I was listening, was I was watching the Orioles game, and they said he had a story about when um, he met Manny Machado. And Manny said, well, we want to see me do this shit. He said, hit 35 home runs and don't get suspended. He said he was always sharp, you know. So, um, unfortunately, you know, he lost his life. He's gone on to a better place. And in just 14 years, he was able to touch – so many people touched the hearts of so many people, you know, unfortunately he did, you know, he had cancer, he was blind, but he was a shining light on so many people. So if everybody could just live their life, like Mo, you would have a great days. So I definitely want to, you know, offer my condolences to his family. Um, and then we also lost another legend in the wrestling business, you know, I should say hybrid to the wrestling business, and as the one and only Regis Philbin. You know, Regis yeah, is, I nice. believe he's a WWE Hall of Famer. I'm almost certain, if not, he will be, I'm sure. Just, you know, he was always interacting. They said he grew up a wrestling fan and just, you know, at, we have a saying, James, everybody was a wrestling fan at one point. Some stay wrestling yeah. fans for longer, and the same is with Regis, um, you may remember that time when he had the guy. We had who wants to be a millionaire. I saw the he clip did. the other yeah. day, and the guy was like, "The last question was, you know, it was about a president." And he said, "I want to use my lifeline." And he didn't need. He had all three of them left, and he called his dad. And said, "Dad, I just want to let you know I'm about to win a million dollars. I don't need the lifeline." And so that was just like one of them great TV moments. Um, you know, obviously Regis and Kathy Lee, they always had wrestlers on there. You know, that's how I found out about the show. Oh, they got wrestlers on it because, you know, that's how it was. That family feud or anything, when you found out wrestlers were going to be on there, boom, you tuned in. So, James, appreciate you coming on, man. Now, I hope you know this ain't going to be your uh, last time. You're definitely coming back. <laughs> you know, I appreciate I, it. <laughs> yeah, definitely appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brian H. Waters. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.